Hello, goddess, queen, empress. Welcome to the rise of the Creative Empress podcast. My name is Denise McKinney. I will be your hostess on this journey, and I am simply inviting you here with one primary goal and intention to eliminate complexity in your life as a transformational entrepreneur, whether that be a coach, a writer, a speaker, whatever it is that you do, if your goal is to have a big impact, a big income, changing people's lives, then this podcast is for you. I'm going to be sharing stories of ways that I have overcomplicated my life with the intention that it helps you eliminate complexity in yours. I will be conducting interviews, sharing tidbits and tricks, and really we're just going on an adventure here together to make sure that we rise together with as little complexity as possible. So glad you're here. Make sure to subscribe and I'll see you in the next episode. Just a quick note for listeners, as a cisgender woman, I use and identify with many traditionally feminine pronouns. That said, it is my goal to be as inclusive to anyone who identifies as a creative coaching entrepreneur, so I ask lovingly for your patience, for your openness, and for your communication for any offense that I might unintentionally make so that we can grow and rise together. It's that time again, Empress. Welcome to the Rise of the Creative Empress podcast. As you know, if you've been listening, I believe that far too many new and newer transformational coaches and transformational leaders are sitting on the sidelines feeling unable to build the coaching empires they desire because there's too much to do. There's too much confusion and not a clear roadmap to start. So I created one. I'm your hostess, Denise McKinney. And after years of obsessively studying the coaching and mar- coaching and marketing industries, I've designed a step-by-step phased approach to building a coaching empire. We eliminate complexity and get coaches doing more of what they are meant to be doing, transforming lives while also seeing a real-world ROI without all that extra stuff, without becoming jack-of-all-trades. So stay tuned. We have an upcoming launch of the Roadmap to Millions or Millionaire Milestones Mastermind. Still working on the title coming up in early 2021. But for today, let's dive into our topic What if I don't have a tale of woe? My voice is a little bit tired today. I just finished up my first ebook. Well, the first draft. I've gone from outline to draft in one day, and I'm a little, I'm a little pooped. 
Writing a book is an interesting experience because we often model what we've seen or what we've read. Most of my heroes' stories have a really dark period, a terrible tragedy, or a tale of woe. I, on the other hand, grew up in an upper-middle-class family with amazing parents who love me and who raised me to think about the consequences of my actions and stand up for other people. I didn't have a struggle as a child. I mean, I was a young black woman growing up in a very not-black neighborhood. (laughs) But I think my parents probably shielded me from a lot of the things that I might have experienced in that space. They wanted me to be a kind and loving person, and they fought battles that I didn't even know about until I'd gotten much older and had conversations with the friends of my parents that would have made me cry as a kid if I really understood what was happening. But they shielded me from all of that. And, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think that they did what they thought was right. And I think that my life has been blessed for the decisions that they made in how they raised me. But I listened to all my heroes... Dean Graziosi, Lisa Nichols, Tony Robinson. I hear their stories of, you know, living or sleeping in a bathtub with their dad, Dean. Lisa being on government's assistance and not being able to feed her child. Uh, Tony Robbins, you know, living in, uh, I think it was a store closet, a storeroom somewhere as a janitor. Like, And I I started to wonder at a certain point, is there a prerequisite for being a transformational leader that you have a tale of woe? That you came from this pit of despair? I wanted to grace all the big stages and have a massive impact, but I found myself thinking, can I do that if if I didn't roll in on the struggle bus? I still want to do something meaningful and make my parents proud to not be their, uh, like, troubled uh, only child, the one that they're not sure if she's ever going to get her stuff together. But did I have to get to a really bad place before that was able to happen? It's weird because when you're on a personal growth journey, you become more and more aware of the subconscious mind and the conscious mind and how the two interact with one another, especially if you're into neuro-linguistic programming, which I am as a master practitioner. At one point, I started to... I, I, I do think at some point, it actually sunk into my subconscious. I began to equate massive success in transformational leadership and personal growth with struggle 
Instead of a star being born, an association was born, and it wasn't a good one. One way that I figured out to create struggle is to overcomplicate your life to the point of repeated failure in order to feel justified in your impending rise. <laughs> I really did this. It's, it's interesting in hindsight to look back, but I did. I unconsciously created conflict or complication and found excuses or justified my inability to to get where I wanted to go because I think I was building up struggle. But it was never going to be the kind of struggle that the mentors that I looked up to had gone through. Truth be told, I even have created it in many ways financially over the past years. And again, subconsciously, I'm like, my bank account has to be at zero so I can tell a story of rags to riches when I go on stage and let people know that it is possible to change their life. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? How does that even get in there? I do know, but still. <laughs> I had to ask myself this question. I had to wake up. I had to realize, as so many of these mentors were telling me, that what I had to offer, what I have to offer, is important and it's relevant. Even if I, I wasn't ever on government assistance or unable to feed my kids or living in my car, I have been blessed. And so have those people with those stories. My life has given me gifts in a different sort of wrapping paper, and they are just as valuable to me and the people I choose to share them with. All of ours are. Our rags to riches isn't always just about money. It isn't always just about struggle. Sometimes the rags to riches are the the poverty mindset we have in our mind the way that we look at the world. I was looking, I was talking to my boyfriend yesterday. You guys probably hear a lot about him because I talk about him on this podcast a lot. He's just a wonderful, wonderful person and so, so, so blessed to have him in my life. And even he and I, I think, have been, and I don't know if he would agree with this, <laughs> but blessed with some struggles in our relationship but they're nothing like some of the things that you hear about they have been opportunities for us they have been places for us to grow they have been places for us to choose one another in a different way and to choose who we want to be relative to one another and I think that's what life is Again, I've mentioned in previous episodes that I'm a fan of Neil Donald Walsh and conversations with God. And I think that we have the, we, we create even, and this is on a very esoteric level, so stay with me if you can, but we create these experiences that give us the opportunity 
to create and be more of who we really are. And even though I was sitting there thinking that I needed to create these experiences, these tales of woe, no, (laughs) it's not necessary. It is not necessary for me to decide who I want to be and to choose different experiences to express that into the world. So I decided to get my shit together and stop creating conflict and struggle and design a system that would help me get from where I wanted, from where I was to where I wanted to be. And it took time to realize the main problems, the overcomplication and the the lack of community and you know the the systems that were missing and figure out what gap it was that I wanted to, that I needed to fill for myself and that I wanted to help other people do the same thing and a bigger thing was to stop apologizing and feeling small because my story wasn't bigger or more transformational because I didn't have that tale of woe. I do tend to isolate. (laughs) Um, As an only child, it is an interesting residue, I will say. And it's something that I continuously am working on overcoming, even within my own family. I did have a tragedy in my college years and interestingly enough a lot of my friends when they find out about it they're like what how did something like that happen to you and you never said anything and I think at exactly what point do you have that conversation with somebody I mean (laughs) it's like okay we're having our reveal our tragedies day you know that's not really how it works Um, but I remember there's not a moment of growth in, at the time that it happened, it was something that happened later upon reflection. Uh, but I remember going through this incredibly difficult experience in college and, uh, it was a death of someone very, very close to me. And I remember all the people in my life showing up, my mom, my dad, they came from out of state because I was in New Mexico. My best friend came. And after the funeral, sitting in my dorm room with my best friend, her eyes were red and swollen. And she said, I don't know how you did it. And I looked at her in kind of a daze. I was I was completely dazed out for most of that year actually (laughs) went on for a while Um, but she said I think I cried more than you did and I thought really because I felt like I was dying inside I, I just I felt like someone had torn my heart out thrown it on the ground in front of me and then eviscerated it while I watched so I didn't understand that somehow my mechanism of keeping things to myself, of isolating, had caused me not to show that. 
it went so far at one point when I came home for break not long after that happened and there was a, a Snuggles commercial I think it was that came on TV <laughs> that triggered me there was something about it that triggered me and with a smile on my face I think I may have even chuckled as I left the room where I was sitting with my parents I walked around the corner into the hallway, the darkened hallway, and where they couldn't see me, and crawled to the bathroom, curled up into a ball, and bawled my eyes out. The thing that I remember was the wall separating the bathroom from the living room like when I thought about it my parents were right there even though I'd walked halfway around the house to get to the bathroom in reality they were only five feet away and I couldn't go to them I, I could not go to them and say it hurts to be alive right now and so I wiped my eyes, splashed my face with some water, went to my room, made sure I looked okay, and went back and sat back down on the couch and acted like nothing had happened. I have that tendency, and it is not a strength. It is not a strength, I know that. To hide, to not share my story, even the ones of struggle. Um, and I remember telling a friend of mine, my best friend, in fact, when she was trying to commiserate with me on some stuff that was going on in my life, because I have had things happen in my life. And she said, I don't know how you do it. And I remember saying, well, there are people in the world with bigger problems. And I don't, I believe that. There are a lot of things that I have to be grateful for, and there are a lot of things I will not complain about because of that. But I think there was a a sense that I didn't want to uh, share like my first world problems. And so this residue of only childness, this weakness parading as a strength because I know people would tell me, oh, you're so strong. And I was like, yeah, sure. If you touch me, I will crumble. <laughs> but if I need to maintain that illusion, that is what I will do. Um, it's a process. It has been a process. It was a process. This podcast is an ongoing part of that process. Sharing the stories of my life, sharing the things that I've experienced in the hopes that somebody will gain some insight or be able to resonate with something and get some value out of it. Writing my book, and I'll tell you, when I say writing, I mean creating an outline, recording it, and transcribing it, <laughs> but um, writing a book, sharing the stories. I'm not sharing all the stories about all the good things. I'll share the good things too. I'm launching a new program and business at the beginning of January. I'm super excited about that. It's going to be freaking phenomenal and I cannot wait. And there are these 
things that have happened along the way and some of them are maybe when I look in comparison to other people I could say smaller or not as devastating or whatever the case may be but almost every story I've ever heard from stage whether it's a tale of the deepest woe or only a little bit something even funny has touched me or taught me something I remember doing a speech in completely impromptu <laughs> at Soul Camp where I was a camp counselor and I, I wasn't going to speak. I was like, oh, I don't, you know, we were doing all this stuff and I was camp counseling and I was kind of focused on doing all of that and supporting the people who were getting up to do their, their talent show pieces. And then last second I thought, you know what, I want to share something. And I got up and shared just a story that was really personal to me and we laughed, we cried, we went on this sort of emotional roller coaster, but so many people walked up to me afterwards and said, thank you for sharing that. I was talking about my hair, like my, my, my relationship to my hair, my relationship to my boyfriend, our relationship to my hair. It's completely impromptu. And people said, I felt that. Like, I was laughing with you, and then all of a sudden I felt really sad. Like, you took me on that journey, and thank you for sharing that story. And I remember being shocked. Like, people I wasn't expecting, people from all over this camp just kept finding me and telling me how much it had meant to them that I had told that story. It wasn't a tale of utter woe. It wasn't about how I had clawed my way from the depths of despair. It was a story about my hair. My kinky, curly, afro hair. And when I shaved it all off and my boyfriend didn't respond well. That's what I told them. And what I realized from that was the key is to feel something out loud and share it with other people. I am full of the feels. Even if I don't always tell them, tell them, tell people about them. But it matters to someone. So I'll share it. And even if it's one, even if it's my wonderful, amazing boyfriend who listens to every episode that I put out, okay then it was worth something. It was my gift wrapped in different paper. Thank you for being here for tonight's podcast. I'm really excited about everything that's going on. I'm excited for you and what you're doing and who you are in the world. And looking forward to doing this with you again tomorrow. Or if you're binging this, the next time you listen. We rise together, and to be together, we share together. I'll see you in the next one. Ciao. Ooh, yes, girl. I hope you loved that episode. 
as much as I loved making it. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Join us for our daily dose of complexity elimination. That's what this podcast is all about. You'll be learning strategies, mindsets, hearing interviews, all with that one focus. And if you know somebody who needs this, please share it with them too. We rise together here at Creative Empress.